Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Smooth Operators Podcast. I'm your good friend, Ben McClurkin. Uh, alongside me is Griggs Blankenberg and Noah Phillips. And, uh, well, just want to get right into it today. Today is a very sad day in the world of motorsports, especially if you follow the WRC. Um, Craig Breen passed away tragically yesterday during a testing accident in Croatia after um, driving off the road and being struck by a post. Um, And Craig was an Irish driver, um, only 33 years old, multiple rally winner, won his first rally all the way back in 2011 in Germany. Um, Yeah, it was just, was a well-liked guy. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's very sad. Um, he was, he was testing the Hyundai i20, um, WRC car, um, and, and he, he very much will be missed. Um, multiple rally winner, his last rally win came in, um, what was it? Yeah. His last rally win came in 2020. Um, finished second at Rally Finland in 2016. Finished second at Rally Sweden in 2018. And second in Finland in 2018. Um, last year, he raced for Ford um, part-time and then was signed full-time to Hyundai this year before his death um, at 12.40 p.m. local time yesterday, he uh, was confirmed dead. So very, very somber news. He will be missed. But um, that aside, guys, just want to say, you know, welcome into the show. Thank you for listening. Um, life is short and anything can happen, but that's, that's why it matters. Yeah, nice. Thank you, Ben, for that great tribute. Yes, well, very sad indeed. Very up and coming driver in the world of WC, WRC. Yeah, yeah. He was he was on his way up. He he had a long career though. He had been in the WRC for over fifteen years. So, it's sad to see him go. But I'm sure more will be done for safety and driver protection after that. It was kind of a freak accident thing. But, anyways, let's uh let's let's talk to. S- Let's talk about some F one now. Let's 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 cheer up the mood a little yes, bit. Yes, let's cheer the mood. Well, not for Noah since we're starting off with Ferrari. Uh, Y'all have to do this. Oh my god! No plan this. I didn't know we were doing a tribute before it. I did not plan that. Yes, um, this is a conspiracy against. You me. asked what we're gonna put on the graphic, and I type out what comes to my head first and what comes up first when I'm looking at the Formula One website, and that's one of them. Wow. So basically, what we were looking at is Leclerc is talking about during the April break, and he sees an opportunity for Ferrari as he highlights what the teams needs to focus on. He is talking about um, work on the upgrade packages, and he mainly is talking about he wants the upgrades to be done as quickly as possible, wants to be competitive sooner. He quotes, it's still a very, very long season. We are fully motivated to get back on top, and we'll try to use these weeks before Azerbaijan, in quotations, in the best way possible. Leclerc, of course, sitting 10th currently in the driver's standings, just six with only six points, courtesy of a seventh-place finish. In Saudi Arabia, he's talking about also going into highlighting the nose, the story of what happened last year and how they can improve to get back to Red Bull and to what they need to focus on. He quotes, honestly, it is just 
to try and have a more solid car in all conditions. Yeah, well, what we've seen with Ferrari this season is a lot of inconsistencies. Um, in terms of performance, their, their um, strategy has been semi-solid. I mean, it, it definitely wasn't isn't the disaster that it was last year. I think Fred Vassar has been doing a great job in managing the team, but their their struggles are more of a symptom of last year's failures than they are this year's successes. Um, I think them being so far off of where they were last year has a lot to do with how their development went in the offseason as well. We well, see uh, last year we were, what, second? At this point, we were, we were still uh, kind of fighting with Red Bull. Maybe we were first. Last year's post-Australia, that was when Leclerc won two of the last three races. So, yeah, we were looking really good, and uh, yeah, everybody else kind of caught up with us, both in smarts and in car. Yes. Um, For sure. Don't For need sure. to say us because I'm not a part of the team, but I am wearing a beautiful red shirt today. I do have to. He is wearing, he is wearing a lovely red shirt today. I, with flowers it, on the It's kind of like Quagmire, if you've ever seen Family Guy. No, it's exactly like it that. It is exactly like Quagmire. You just don't have the Jay Leno jawline. Me and. Yes, I do. What are you talking about? Me and Quagmire are both Ferrari fans, most likely. And me and Quagmire are both very disappointed in the season so far for Ferrari. It just feels like we're leaving a lot on the table in terms of points. Oh, and, for sure. And oh, without question. And pace. I think that's the biggest thing is I think we are leaving some pace on the table. And Carlos Sainz wanting the uh, car up- upgrades to come in quickly is a good sign that we're at least headed in the right direction, or at least we think we are. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and what hmm. I will say, hmm. Hmm. I will say too that um, their their struggles have been more mechanically related than personnel related. Uh, that's not to say again, like last year, Leclerc isn't free of mistakes. Um, kind of the same way the season went last year. But what what I have seen is a lot of improvement with the the calls on pit stops and you know with strategy too there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes like dealing with their allocations and um, mechanical components but you know them starting off they started off on the back foot they have one more control electronics component to use for the rest of the season unless they want to take further penalties um Probably, I think they retired the car two races, two of the past three races. There have been a Ferrari retirement. Yeah, he that um, is correct. Charles retired in Bahrain, and then he also retired in um, Australia. Yeah. And somehow so, Carlos Sainz pretty, was not in the points. Pretty quickly. In Australia. It wasn't really his fault in Australia, too. Uh, Sainz just... was out of the points due to a penalty, which has now been challenged. And I was going to I was gonna make mention of that. Um, I didn't it get revert? Like, didn't. Well, the penalty happened behind. It the hasn't. Season. It hasn't not gotten reversed, but it hasn't gotten reversed. Ferrari's um, right of review quest over Science's penalty be heard by the stewards next week. Yeah, so they're they're taking it back to the stewards almost three weeks. It will be three weeks after the race by the time it's heard by the stewards, um, which is probably one of the longest times it's taken to make a decision like that. Um, also, speaking of Ferrari, um, and this hasn't got much to do with the current season, but 
Did you guys see the Felipe Massa lawsuit go- went through? It did. Yeah, so it, it, there hasn't been a result announced yet, but Felipe Massa has sued Formula One, I think, not to overturn the results of the championship in 2008, but to Put get answers. Asterisks. He wants answers, and I think that's fair. Did you see the TikTok they made, McLaren made? No, I did not. I will show you that during the break. It is very funny, and it is about the situation. Are they are they poking at him a little bit? Yeah. You know what? That's and fair, but he he did have his cha- his first championship robbed from him, in my opinion. But I, I think you can say the same about Abu Dhabi 2021. No, you can't. Michael, no. Yes, you can. Michael, you, no, not like this. Human error, man. Uh, well, yeah. Anyways, I, I I just don't think that anything's going to change. I think it's it's not – for that, I think it's to set some kind of a precedent for future decisions like that. And, I mean, super close title fights only happen once every three or four years, to be honest. I think, for the most part, it's it's one team dominating the rest. And then, you know, decisions like that that are super hard to make don't come very often. So, it's good to have some kind of established precedent, especially concerning, like, how how that championship was taken from him. Um, honestly, it felt a little bit more egregious than what happened in 2021, 20, but that's just my opinion. I think it was much, much greater of an oversight with 2008. But that aside, um, I don't think we'll be seeing any Ferraris having w- – without anything seriously changing, I don't think we'll see any Ferraris in 2023 having lawsuits over – championship deciding mistakes now that's where you're wrong buddy because <laughs> it's going to be carlos signs challenging charles leclerc for right of the 2023 driver championship because they are going to be so on top of the world that their only competition is going to be each other mm. that's not going to happen but it sounds cool when i say it, it so does. it sounds believable too it does just kidding no it does not. ferrari fans are over ambitious and grass is green everybody there are no rational there are no rational ferrari pan, fans i'm pretty sure we said that a, a little while ago yeah did. i was it, gonna make a graphic of it but then um but then life you forgot happened. then you forgot yeah yeah life happened yeah. that's a that's a good excuse as a business major that's I a good excuse yeah business majors everybody's hey, favorite crane whoa, whoa 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 Jur- journalism, business and journalism is taking off, Ben. That's what me and Griggs do. IBS award-winning. We have hardware in there. We got hardware out there. Yep. Y'all have trophies in the trophy cabinet, and I don't, but I also didn't cover a fall ball game. So, my bad. That was you could, the – You could have been, been in here doing the studio. And we probably wouldn't have won because we would have had to pick so much coverage. <laughs> Four hours of coverage. Yeah, fair. But if I if I could do four hours of talking on the radio, I'd probably have an IBS award by now. That was the most grueling day I've ever done in student media, and it wasn't even counted in the game. The game didn't even count. Student media is a thankless job, everybody. We don't get paid. We don't. We do it for the people. We do it for the people. We do it for the people. We do it. For we don't get paid. You. We're not here for the recognition. We are here for you. And speaking of being here for you, um, Ferrari just, is doing it for me. They're going to win this championship for Noah Phillips because he needs a win in his life. And it's going to happen. That upgrade's going to come in and they're going to basically have a rocket ship. I was about to say they're on track. I was about to say speaking of doing it for the people Ferrari, please make Noah a good car. It would make him so happy. 
please. He's please, begging you. Please. He's begging you. I am you. on my hands and knees in the studio. No, I'm not. If, if a single person in Marinello hears this, all I all I want you to do is make Noah a good car so he can be happy. If you feel so inclined. <laughs> if you feel so inclined. Please be inclined. Yeah, we, have to, we have to abide by FCC rules. So, yes, Ferrari, if you feel so inclined, make, Noah, make, a make Noah a good car so he feels happy. Well, speaking of making good cars, we got to talk about Adrian Newey and his future Red Bull coming up. Christian Horner had to address it, but what are we talking about? Don't go anywhere. That's coming up after the break on Smooth Operators here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Stick with us. And welcome back into Smooth operators we just talked about uh ferrari trying to improve their car now we're going to talk about the one and only adrian newey is some problems occurring over there in the red bull camp rumors of rumors we don't know of anything official listen we're not ferrari we're not we don't have that kind of just everything could go wrong all at once yeah there doesn't seem to be any mass mechanical uh, department exodus is happening anytime soon, but there has been speculation and questions. And anytime the rumor mill happens in F1, it has to be true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is on like the internet. So this was April 13th <laughs> yesterday. This is according to Formula1.com. Horner addresses speculation over Newey's future as he insists Tech Guru will be at Red Bull for, in quotes, for many years to come. Uh, he's expressed full confidence that Adrian Newey's long-term future will lie with Red Bull, shutting down any talk that the team's chief technical officer could be on the move to a rival outfit. He Newey has been with Red Bull since ahead of the 20, 2006 season, following highly successful stints with Williams and McLaren. Also played a key role in their team, rising from midfield runners to title winners. Um, Newey's designs have yielded five constructors' championships and six drivers' crowns for Red Bull so far, including a run of title doubles from 2010 to 2013 and another brace in 2022. He's been taking on additional projects through the Red Bull Advanced Technologies Division, um, dovetailing his F1 efforts with an attempt to at the America's Cup sailing competition and the creation of the upcoming RB17 hypercar. Um, speaking to Sky Sports, Christian Horace just said what I said. His heart is still very much with Formula One. Uh, but he'll be here for many years to come, saying we don't talk about contracts or longevity of contracts. Mm. So what he does talk is M-O-N-E-Y, cash. Yeah. And Aston Martin has a lot of it, so he needs to be scared. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's what he would do, though, per se. I mean, well, you got it made. I mean, Red Bull's got the money, but you need – Aston Martin surely is rising, that's true. But then again, it's Red Bull. Like, they're the top of the sport right now. Like, I don't feel like he would need to go anywhere, especially with the Red um, Aston taking one of the, like his, would you say right-hand man, Ben? Uh, I would say so, yeah. I taking, think that's... I, I think... forgot what his name was, but yes, taking his right-hand man from that. So, I don't, they don't mention any rumors of him going to, like, a different team. It's really just other, like, in the article, it's talking about, like, other passions, really, like the sailing competition thing. Like, yeah, I don't know where it's, like, where he's seen that. But his most successful car design was last year's RB18 at a 77.27 win percentage. 
very incredible. After that, it was the Williams FW18 with 75% win percentage for races. Gorgeous car back in the 90s. 12 out of 16 races he won with that one. It was and then, the most dominant car in the 90s. The season ended right now. He would The 2023 would be the most profitable with a 100%. 100%. His lowest win percentage for a car, which is crazy, was the RB6 back in 2010. 47.36 win percentage. Mm, wow. And and what's what's wild about Nui is that he's had he's had such success for such an extended period of time. I mean, he got he got his first head design job in 1988 with Leighton House. Like he's been here for a long time, and I mean, he's still relatively young for a designer. How um, old is he? He looks. I think up. he's I think he's in his late 60s, early 70s. I mean, and I mean, uh, technically technologically he's only 64 my he's goodness 64 and has been working since 1988 so he looks a little bit older than 64 yeah he does well sorry adrian um we're not calling you old you just make a lot you make a lot more money than i do. you make a lot more money and you have a lot more stress so you age a lot quicker than most of us but i'd be that stress working in formula One. oh too. my goodness yes um but that said i i think he's not really one of the guys who likes to stay where the money is he's he's loved being at red bull I don't think there would be any bad blood that would cause him to leave, but I don't know, man. I don't know. If he really wanted a challenge, he could take over at Aston Martin. And he could take over anywhere, really. Yeah, he could take over at anywhere and make a successful team, and he has. That's the thing. And every single time there's a change in regulations, he tends to stay one step ahead. And and you bring up these change changes in regulation – Red Bull's about to get a new engine at the same time as the new engine regulations come out. Do you think he'd be more scared of that, or do you think he'd be, I think ooh, he's it's a excited. challenge, let's do it? I think he's excited for it. Um, I don't know what it's like to be in his head. He might be like, dang, I had a good thing going, and now I have to change that. But I, I do think that Adrian is a guy who doesn't back away from a challenge, and I respect that a lot about him. I think he's a good competitor, but he's also – he seems to be a pretty good guy, and like him, him sticking with Red Bull may or may not have something to do with that. Um, I'm sure he's gotten offers. He got, he was offered from Jaguar back in 2004. He stayed there for a little bit, but eventually left due to um, how they say uh, differences in management strategy. Um, and. And he he seems like a good fit at Red Bull, just the way that they operate. ESPN elaborates a little more on what the F1 thing didn't really talk about. The reason that's coming up now is his contract is reportedly up for renewal, and that's what kind of led to speculation he could leave Red Bull. So Every single time a really contract is. with somebody who stays in, in, in with one team in F1 a long time needs to be renewed. It's like, oh, my gosh, they're going to leave. Like Lewis Hamilton, like his contract was renewed last year, and they were like, he could go anywhere. It was like, dude, no shot. And he's going to stay for the foreseeable future, in my opinion. I think it'd be crazy to see him go anywhere else, but I just, you know, sometimes people just like to be in the same culture and the same atmosphere for a long period of time, and they like to be there. When it goes sour, that's when you start looking for looking for exits. Yes, and I see your point about the culture and everything, but Lewis Hamilton knew he was still going to get a bag. Oh, at, yeah. Over there at Mercedes. I think if I'm Adrian Newey right now, I am looking at the cash that uh, Daddy Warbucks can give me. 
over well, there at Aston Martin. I love that that's the nickname that we've assigned him. D- anything, money bags, uh, dastardly do right if he had a mustache. <laughs> um, I don't even know other acronyms for money back in the old days. Because as the tycoon, tycoon, oil tycoon. There you go. That's a good one. The Lonzo Ball of Formula One. I'm looking that up. Keep talking. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. If I was Adrian, I'd be like, I'm, and I'm more of a a loyal person. I think I, I tend to I tend to stay where I feel liked, and I think Adrian's very well respected across the grid, and I think that any team would be happy to have him. So. I don't know. If I was him, I'd keep my options open, but also I'd be more inclined to stay. I think that's a that's a very consistent way to put it. I, I think he'd be happy to stay too. Yeah. But as the movie Wall Street has taught us, greed is good. I'm kidding. About okay, that. so what good. I'm getting is Lawrence we'll you off made right a lot of his money from the fashion industry. His father... Actually, uh, Pierre Cadrin uh, brought Pierre Cadrin fashionware and Ralph Lauren clothing to Canada. Ah, so that's how it started. And then so he his also dad was an importer. Yes, and he later took the Ralph Lauren brand to Europe. So his he did that. He also invested in uh, Tommy. I don't know how to pronounce Hilfiger. That. Yeah, that one. Yeah. And then Michael Kors, like K O R S. Yeah. He also Michael invested Kors. in those and partly contributed to the brand's growth to global prever- prevalence. Um, prevalence. And he also. Sold the last stake of its uh, the last of its stake in these businesses in 2014 from his company Sportswear Holdings. Uh, okay. So that's interesting how he you make he so, made that much money from clothing and stuff like that. Dude, started, dude, started Michael, dude, Michael Kors purses are a lot of money. Started a holding company and then sold off shares of the stocks that he was holding. That's a really good way to make money. Um, I'm not a business student, but I do know that you can make some serious bank from good investments. And it seems like maybe Lawrence had a little bit of help from daddy at first, but he made some he made some good moves. And yeah. Net props to him. 3.6 billion, 814th in the world. Um, That's a lot of money. Was Holy really successful moly. with um, the uh, IPO of Michael Kors. So that's where he got a lot okay. of it from. And then, yeah. Okay, with the IPOs. But back to Red Bull, I mean, I mean, Nui has left Williams and McLaren before after he got them successful. Now, yes, he did. There's not really many places you could consider better spots right now than Red Bull. I mean, I mean until for until it gets passed, no one's going to surpass the prestige of Ferrari. Let's just be honest. That's always going to be the pinnacle of motor racing and everything. So, for whatever reason, uh, history probably when you yeah. when you when a child draws a car what color do they paint it oh, ben, no, ben colored it purple well I, that's because ben <laughs> ben hates me i did make it purple and honestly i liked it well you're wrong <laughs> you're wrong w-r-o-n-g but at the end of the day i don't think he's gonna leave he knows he can what he can command from red bull because red bull sees the success they have with his cars. And yeah. we would be able to see the drop-off after this last car he would make for them. Let's say he does leave the RB18. For example, what happened when he left McLaren. So, if, yeah. So, if he leaves with uh, or the RB17 currently, right, the RB17 hypercar. So, what would be the RB20? Yeah, Red Bull's got the RB20. Wait, no, they never made an RB17. They made the RB16B in 2021. Yeah. So, the RB17 hypercar. So, that would be the last car he would develop for them. Then we would see a... S- Probably see a drop. What is off. the RB17 hypercar? 
Um, the RB17 hypercar. Um, That's like an actual standalone vehicle? They have announced their first in-house hypercar project, the RB17, with a limited run of 50 cars to be built at Red Bull Advanced oh, Technologies God. Campus. Oh, man. Speaking of Adrian Newey pinned road cars, the Aston Martin Valkyrie is entering production officially, and people are actually getting to drive them around. Um, I think you could see something very similar with the RB17 hypercar in terms of concept to the Aston Martin Valkyrie, which is basically just a diffuser with wheels. That car generates unbelievable amounts of downforce. And it's it's so good, it corners so well that they had to make it corner less good so that drivers could have a feel for it. The suspension was so good that when you corner, it would stay completely level. And they had to make it so that the car would lean so that it would feel natural to drivers. Like, that's how good he is at designing vehicles. And I would love to see the RB17, like, as a concept at some point soon that would that would get me very excited i'm a big road car guy so it's Makes gonna sense. fly dude it's literally gonna fly it's legitimately gonna take off and fly hey remember that time lewis hamilton said that red bull was just a drinks company well now they make cars car now they car. make car now they have idea of car i don't think it'll be a real car for a long time they but. know wheel they know wheel. They know wheel. Well, that's going to do it for our segment on Adrian Newey. But when we come back, it's going to get a little pretentious in the studio. What are we talking about? We're still talking about penalty points for some reason. But we're going to do it. We're going to talk about it when we come back. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to the Smooth Operators here on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into Smooth Operators, everyone here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Griggs Blank. We're alongside me, as always, Noah Phillips and Ben McClurk. And Ben had to go away for just a second, but he will be back. But let's still get into the Red Bull news and insert the meme of two people fighting or the hack, uh, the uh, sock and rock and robots because it's red versus blue now here in the studio with me and Ben and Noah with the Ferrari boss, Fred Vassier says Red Bull cost cap penalty was too light, according to Nate Saunders of ESPN.com. The Ferrari boss does not think Red Bull's wind tunnel penalty will have a meaningful impact on the team's Formula 1 advance this year. Red Bull was fined, of course, $7 million and lost 10% of its aerodynamic testing time after being deemed to have breached the 2021 cost cap. The wind tunnel time is key for car upgrades and development through a season, and Red Bull has already has the least amount allocated after winning last year's championship and the penalty led to speculation the likes of ferrari might cut into red bull's lead later in the year but vassiora said that is unlikely he still thinks it is very low i said in a recent media call he quotes if you consider that basically we will improve a bit less than a second over the season in terms of arrow you get a penalty of 10 percent of this it's one tenth and it's not a linear progression it's probably less yeah so what's what's interesting about that is that of course, throughout throughout a season, Red Bull will be hurt by a tenth of a tenth every race. So what what that comes down to is they'll improve nine-tenths in ten races instead of one second in 22 races. Um, but, but the way that their development is going, that car is getting faster as the season goes along already, and I think that their, their real pace is going to come later in the season – 
the same with Ferrari. They're just not going to have as much realized pace, actualized pace as their their rivals. Um, and honestly, I think really what's going to when it's going to hurt is the start of next year. Um, I think their whining's a little bit overblown, but I think Red Bull maybe should have gotten. I don't know if if they win the championship this season, the engine stuff is going to be frozen. Um, coming into next season, and they'll already have a huge penalty, ten percent from the year before, which is going to carry over into the development in the off season. So I think it's really going to hurt them first race next year, not so much this season, because they already have such a head start in terms of how good their car is. So is the tunnel testing for this year's car, really? Yeah, so their their ten percent testing for this car also affects next year's car. But it's really only if the ten percent is only for the allocated time for this season. Correct? Yes, okay, for the season, but for both cars. So what so you're if they're testing like the new car is what you're yes, saying. Yes, okay. exactly. So they they already have such a head start that they can start working on the twenty twenty four car. But that doesn't mean that it's. I don't know, man. I I think ten percent is. Fair. I think every other team expected Red Bull to show up with a worse car or less improvement than what they had made because they improved over a second. If you look at the qualifying lap times, they improved over a second, and they're overachieving right now, but I think it's going to catch up to them later. I mean, they already have such a head start. Like, Yeah. It'll benefit them. I guess what they're saying now also is like if this does come back to affect them, I mean, they have just – win as much as you can right now. Exactly. So you don't have to worry about it too much exactly. later in the year where it, it could come back to hurt them. But Yeah, I think their cards are on the table. Do you think um, the do we think the penalty is too light though? No. What do you think about that? I I'm not really completely sure. I mean, it hasn't really affected Red Bull's performance with the eye test. Yeah. Because they still look like the fastest car on the grid by a country mile. Yeah, I But would, I understand I would, what you're saying about how it's going to cost them all this time going into next year and per race. And that makes sense. It's just I think everybody expected there to be something to pass the eye test, which yeah. nothing has yet. Yeah. Other than the fact that maybe they have less food before mm-hmm, the race starts. Mm-hmm, exactly. And that that's what I mean. Like, like that initial – like reaction is going to be, well, that was supposed to slow them down, so why aren't they slower? And people are, I've seen some of the clickbait YouTubers talking about how they need to slow Red Bull down or make their car worse and stuff like that. And most of these people are, um, most of these people are fans of teams who have previously dominated for seven plus years and it's really only been year two of, <laughs> of a dominant red bull and i'm talking to you ferrari and mercedes fans you guys need to whoa, chill out whoa, whoa whoa you guys need to chill out because like what 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 you're seeing is a a team that's just better than you so get over it honestly mm. I, i'm gonna throw some shade mm. like Y'all go off, King. Y'all have been happy to ride your hype train whenever your team's good, but whenever somebody else's isn't, you're like, "That's not fair. That's not the way yeah, it's you supposed had your to three, be." You had your three races, Noah, last year. I yeah, think. I had my three races, and I've had nothing since. And it's not my fault that Ferrari hasn't won a championship in 
a decade. Well, it's not your fault either that Red Bull has been dominant. No, it's not. It has nothing to <laughs> hey, do with no, me. I purchased my Red Bull Zero Sugars. I am helping the car. <laughs> it has nothing. That to, is business 101. It has nothing to do with me. And it has nothing to do with the fans. And like that negative feedback that we're seeing of like, races are boring now because Red Bull's just going to win. It's like, wouldn't you be perfectly content if you had a boring race, if your team was just smoking everybody else? Now, here's the thing. I think I, as a neutral fan, am not. But that's not that's not me saying that they should slow down. Me, with my business brain, here's an idea. Okay. Red Bull has the Red Bull Energy drink. Yes. Monster Energy is one of the main uh, sponsors of Mercedes. Mercedes. Yeah. Ferrari does not have one, correct? Well, they're sponsored by Shell Oils, which is, like, my favorite energy drink. But then when gas prices go up, everyone, like, goes to different places. What? I don't yeah, know. But some people drink rain energy drinks. What are you saying? I'm saying... I was just saying Red Bull... I'm I, just saying Rich Energy needs to come back and sponsor <laughs> Ferrari, and then they'll be then they'll be first on the grid. Then yeah. they'll be first. Ferrari just grid. needs an energy drink sponsor, I think. I think so, and I think it needs to be Rich Energy. Watch them get, like, Prime. C4. C4. Watch, watch them get Bang. Air quote, Energy. Yeah. It'll be C4. But C4. I mean, this penalty is just... I don't know. I get the the seven million. I understand, like, because it never happened before. So this was this no. is, sets the pre- precedent for what it's going to look like in the future. Um, but the ten percent loss of its aerodynamic testing, just, I mean, I think we will see a difference in that in the future. But like, then again, the Red Bull is just so much faster already. Yeah, it's, it's just, just a better. It's a, it's a well-rounded car. That's the thing that everybody's like mad about is the fact that Red Bull built a well-rounded, complete vehicle. And no one else is able to respond to it. And that's fair. That's fair. Ferrari's car is more slippery, but also struggles in medium speed. And like Mercedes is draggy, but it's really good at low speed corners. And Red Bulls is good at it's not better than everyone in every regard, but it's more good at everything than everyone else's is at everything. And so. They're like, well, how did they do that with a 10% penalty? Because their car is so much better developed. And I think that's more to do with the method than it is the amount of time that's spent on it. I think that they're just really effective and really efficient, and you're not going to be able to counter that by saying that they have less time. So if you really if you really want to hurt Red Bull, you have to take it, you have to take it to their personnel and not to their testing time and allocations. And I thought it would. I thought it would have made a bigger deal than it did. How do you do that? You, you tell d- you tell Christian Horner he's not allowed to sleep past three a.m. Yeah, he has to wake up every day and go to sleep at one o'clock. Give Adrian Newey a bedtime, and then we're talking about some real penalties. That well, then really. Well, hurt. then Newey will leave. Yeah, then he'll <laughs> just go somewhere else and make an absolute rocket ship, just like he has for the past thirty-two years, like. Get over it, people. I'm Christian serious. Christian Horner can only eat Chinese takeout for the next F1 for the for, for the first four races of the Formula One season. Or, That'll slow him down. You know what? You know what'll slow him down? Um, Christian Horner has to pay out of pocket for the catering that everyone else gets to eat. Uh, he'll pull up with some McDonald's. Exactly, Taco Bell. Taco Bell. He's showing up with the 24 Taco Party Pack. That aside, I mean, there's really not going to be anything you can do about it this season, and you can't change the rules, and you can't change the penalty. Like, there's no way that they can hurt they can hurt Red Bull more than they already have because the, the ruling is done. 
I do think, well, this should be the message for every team, but especially the message now with like Rebel, <laughs> hey, guys, we don't know how this will affect us going forward with time all the way. Yeah. So let's just go ahead and get a very comfortable lead more going in there. So reliability has to be spot on, no strategy mistakes. Just make sure that like if the wind don't tunnel time. Don't do what Ferrari does, I yes. think is what you're saying. When in doubt, don't Ferrari. And honestly, like don't do the blame thing that Mercedes is doing right now. Oh, my goodness. Just just have direct accountability and make a good car. That's all you have to do, guys. Come on. You can do or, it. Or I'm rooting for everyone here. I want I want Mercedes to come back. Everyone. I want Ferrari to come back. Everyone. Everyone. I want to see Williams have a revival and McLaren. And I want Alpine to take the fight to the big boys like they said they would. But you know what? At the end of the day, none of them have made a car that is good as Red Bulls, despite Red Bull's penalties. And they have 10, 20, 30, 40% more time in the wind tunnel than anybody else does. Or than Red Bull does. So, what are you going to do about it? You're going to build a better car. Exactly. And maybe spend more time in quality control and quit rushing upgrades like like some teams have. You see, you could do that. Or you can complain on Twitter and get the FIA to assign more time so it shrinks them down, makes y'all on pace. Yeah, hmm. you could do that. You could do that. It's not what we want to see, no. but you could do that yeah, if just, you feel so inclined. Just ruin motorsports by doing that. Make it make it a political game again. It's why, well, that, that's why, that's why F1 watch, struggled man. for views in the past is because it became a political game and not about showing up, and you had these huge gaps in performance for like 30 years. And you know what? The field's closed up now. Qualifying is now separated by less than five tenths. I think it was in Australia. Like Red Bull is just beating you in race pace because your car is not that well rounded, but it qualifies well. So maybe tune your car more to racing and not to qualifying. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but that's my opinion. Yeah. Well, speaking of experts, we have some news coming up on the next segment. There's oh, yeah. some news about McLaren potentially going for the Oscar. An Oscar? An Oscar. What Oscar. Is, what is that all the about? Well, I guess we'll have to tune in to the next segment of the show. We'll be right back after this break. Do not go anywhere. Last segment of the show is coming up. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back in to Smooth Operators. That was my attempt of making a sound that could... Welcome us back in the program as our father-in-law here at Wheel is having problems, otherwise known as dad. But folks, we're going to be talking what about- What does dad stand for? We don't know. We, don't we, know. we do not know. It's an acronym for something. Something. But uh, it lets dat- us play it's music database. and it's such. It's database. Oh, database. Um, okay. But, uh, but uh, we're going to be talking about McLaren finally turning down their program and going after what really matters, an Academy Award. The Academy Award, Academy McLaren. Award. You mean an Oscar? That's you mean an Oscar? That's the same thing. Yeah, but we're not talking about the best films of the year or best actors and actresses. We are talking about a player, though, Oscar Piastri. McLaren has doubled down on their selection of Oscar and are very happy with his performance. Um, it's kind of interesting that that comes on the heels of. Several people being fired in their technical program, but you know, 
I, we love to see Oscar succeed. Um, I was excited to see how he'd do. And so far, I mean, pretty good, pretty good. Not bad. Okay, no, we're not going to squeeze past this. You had me actually thinking we were going to – the uh, McLaren was going for, like, some sort of documentary where they're going to try to win an Oscar. Oh, absolutely not. But have you ever seen McLaren Tunes? Definitely. I have seen that. Those definitely are, worthy of an Academy like, Award. Aren't they the ones that people are really mad that they aren't still going? Yes, but those were – honestly, they were so badly produced in my opinion. Anyway, but they Lewis Hamilton delivered a great performance for McLaren Tunes back in the day. Um Anyway, yeah, so Oscar Piastri has been performing to McLaren's expectations. Um, and I think he's held up well compared to the other th- the other two rookies of Nick and who else is it? Um, who's the other rookie? W- Logan Sargent? Yeah, Logan Sargent, Williams guy. Um, the American. The American. I think he's I think Oscar has performed better than those two. Um, so far in the season, and it's early to say, but Nick's breakout performance last year at Monza comes to mind when you're thinking about like, like making an impression. And I mean, Oscar hasn't really done anything crazy. He hasn't like dragged the car into Q2 or anything that doesn't deserve to be there. But he's done well in qualifying, and he's done well in the race. And I mean, he's kept his nose clean. So good on him. And McLaren has. You know, issued like a statement of confidence, and we're coming up on renewal season in June. So let's see how that goes. I guess we'll see how that comes, especially with McLaren. I mean, or I mean, the only time they won points, let's be honest, where they had twelve drivers finish a race. Yeah, but that I mean that counts. I mean, that counts. It, it does count. I mean, what are they are? They're already um in the team standing there and the constructor standings. They're already now in fifth, which is still a little bit behind where they. Are expecting to be, but if it wasn't for the French Revolution, that was uh, Alpine, um, Alcon, and, Nor- Alcon uh, and Gasly, Gasly hitting each other, each other out, yeah. Then they they wouldn't be probably fourth. Yeah, probably. no, they'd probably be like sixth. They'd probably they'd be sixth. Alpine and McLaren would have flipped, but yes. I mean, the confidence they have in Oscar. I mean, everyone, especially if you watch Driver Survive, everyone's talking about he's going to be the next world champion, all this stuff. But then again, yeah. like Lando is the guy at McLaren. Like they've made that clear. Yeah, in the past, and they're... he's performed at as such. Um, has he been out qualified yet by Oscar? I, I think that's inevitable, but I cannot recall if that's happened or not. I usually pay most of my attention to the top five. Let me see. I do not believe that they had um, that he out qualified in um, Bahrain. Hold on. So Piastri was twentieth in Bahrain for qualifying, so that is not or that was fastest laps. Oops. Oh. That was not that. Qualifying, uh Piastri was eighteenth, Norris was eleventh. Yeah, that's um <laughs> in Saudi it was he Piastri was ninth, Norris was nineteenth. Okay, there we go. So once and so, then in Australia, I think uh, and then it was Norris in 13th, Piastri in 16th. So he's only out-qualified Lando once. Once out of two races. In, three races. Or once out of three races. And I really only count two because your first race in F1 is a whole new experience. Well, and you're still coming. What happened to Nick DeFries in his first F1 race? Uh, Q2. He balled. He won. He balled No, he didn't out. win. He won points. Yeah, he got points. And, I mean, Nick's, Nick's a good driver. Nick's a really good driver and much more experienced than Oscar. Which makes me mad because he got a Williams into the points, but it's yet to take the AlphaTauri. Yeah. But. Well, the AlphaTauri is a freaking 
truck, man. It's it's bad. The tractor, as everyone usually calls bad cars, but yeah, it's it's um it's a delivery van kind of vehicle. But if you're McLaren, what do you want to see from Oscar this year? Because your main goal will be a pleasing Lando first, making sure he's happy with everything that's going on. But what is your what is your move with Lando? Like how what? What's a successful season for Oscar Piastri? I mean, so far what he's done has been pretty impressive. Having a sub-10 place qualifying gap in your first season to a guy who's been in F1 for four years is very impressive. Um, and and I think really the, hi- the highlight for him so far, and I mean it's, it's three races so you can't count it as a full season, but in the mini season, you know, out-qualifying out – Lando by ten positions, uh, not not completely of Lando's fault, but Oscar being able to capitalize that is really really underscores how how he is adjusted to McLaren this season, and I think that's that's been really good for him. Um, you know, keep that up. You don't have to beat Lando every race. I don't think you have to beat him at all this season, but he so far has shown that he's capable of taking it to him, and that's very impressive. I think the number one thing that if I was a team principal looking at a rook would be making sure he understands and has a good feel for the car. He's not just coming back telling you, oh, it's a good car. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, it's a little bit slow. Effective he, feedback, yeah. He, he's telling you, okay, it needs to be a little bit looser when I shift in the third or something like that. So, something that actually helps you make the car faster instead of just saying, oh, it's a good car. Yeah. Thank you for putting me in this car. Yeah. And I haven't heard any of that feedback, obviously, because I'm not on the inside. But it sure seems that they're happy about something. And I think that definitely has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, hearing from a, call, a driver about the engineer in engineering helps helps the helps the team for sure. And I mean, we don't live in an age anymore where drivers are directly involved in the setup, but. They still tell they talk about how it feels more than anything, and having having somebody that can be heard and have feedback that's interpretable is really big for a team. And I think definitely McLaren's got got something to look for with that in that kid. Yeah, yeah. It's just gonna be interesting to see. I mean, I think a successful season for him. I mean, if he could find a way to potentially get into top six or top five. I think that'd be very good. That'd be huge. I think you'd be also kind of like the trend you've been, been touched on this, kind of the trend that he had where it's a one-third split between beating Norris and qualifying. I think if he can get a third of the races better than Lando, I think that'd be seen as successful. Yeah. Especially with him being a rookie and him not having the number one driver status there. But then against McLaren, they have a really high ex, uh, expectations and ambitions for a a midfield team who struggled in years past after firing the driver who won them their most recent race since 2012 last year and paying him all that money. So I think that's also have something to deal with it. Just the amount of money they gave up to for uh, Daniel to, to walk. Yeah. They kind of have to be happy with Oscar or else it's going to be a terrible PR I, look. I mean, they made such a big risk with him and everything. So they have to, this one has to be able to work for them. Yeah. And I mean, maybe, maybe it's just smoke and mirrors with them being pleased with Oscar. Maybe there is actually things that they want improved and they haven't said anything to the press about it because, well, you don't want to drum up a bunch of scenarios and hype about somebody, but you also don't want to, uh, 
you don't want to tarnish his name. So, you know. Yeah, I could see that. But, yeah, but that, unfortunately, is going to do it for our show today. We want to thank everyone for listening. If you missed any of today's show, you can check, check it out on your favorite podcast platform, wherever you do listen, where you feel so inclined. But we'll be back here again, same time next week, 1 Central here on WEGL, Weagle 91.1 FM. But for Noah Phillips, Ben McClurkin, I'm Greg Splankerberg. This has been Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Have a great weekend, everyone, and War Eagle. That's all we have today for Smooth Operators, Weagle's exclusive F1 show. In case you missed some of the show or just want to relive all your favorite parts, check us out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Till next time, this has been the smoothest operators of Weagle 91.1 FM.